Hey everyone, welcome to episode three of the Like, Click and Share podcast. I'm Darren Winter and with me today are Gemma Walton and Emma Krause. Hi both. Hi. Okay, if this is your first time listening, I'm Gemma and we all work in marketing and communications, whether as business owners or freelancers, and we're here to talk through the latest big topics in marketing and how they can grow your business, whether you're a freelancer, business owner, or just interested in how marketing, marketing can help you. And I'm Emma, and I'm here to, to say a big thank you for listening to us, and we hope that you find this podcast helpful and interesting. We'd love to hear your comments and your questions or any feedback. You can email me at emma at ducodigital.com or you can find us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, like LinkedIn, all the usual places. And you can just search for Duco Digital and you'll find us there. All the links are in the show notes. And please don't forget to hit subscribe so you automatically receive each episode, which is every month right now. And you don't want to miss a single one. Thank you. Brilliant stuff. Um, thanks very much, both. Um, we received some great feedback about episode two. So special mention to Pascal Fintoni from the Two Geeks podcast and um, for the shout out on LinkedIn. And I think he enjoyed the episode. And also John Kenny for the positive comments as well. He found some of the tips that we provided in the last episode really helpful. So if you haven't already, do check out episode two. Just make sure you click on that episode. Um, but today, um, the episode title is What Makes Us? like click and share so we're going to throw emma onto the spotlight onto the stage so what makes you like click and share i like people who are helpful and um i think i think it's quite specific to my demographic so i'm 45 i'm a mother of three children and i'm super busy and i i don't have a lot of time to spend on social media just kind of scrolling but i do use it very purposefully you do obviously get lost in interest rabbit holes and um, things like that but i i like instagram accounts particularly is instagram is my home but i particularly like social media accounts that help me so if it's that i this weekend i've learned how to wallpaper thank you youtube for everything that you've shared there and uh, i've totally nailed it I've um, learned how to make a, uh, the weekend before I made a carrot cake, that was all down to goodfood.com. And um, yeah, so I really like accounts that help me. And in a minute, or when we've all spoken about it, I've got a couple of particular influencers who I feel are really generous with their knowledge and really generous with um, the, the information and the skill that they give away. And they're the kind of people that I appreciate people who are, are ready to share their skills. That's what I use social media a lot for, really. You're hoping for a couple of kickbacks there from people who do wallpaper and uh, food. Yeah, yeah, please, please. No, I've done it. <laughs> now, in a few weeks, I'll probably need wallpaper strippers. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, but I think uh, people would look at my wallpaper in and die. I can't imagine I'm going to get many sponsorships for my wallpapering skills. But um, yeah, no, Instagram accounts where people are helpful and they are dedicated and they're interested in helping their audience rather than just blurbing on about what they've been doing or how great they are. People whose accounts are absolutely angled at helping you as an audience and serving you as a consumer. They're the accounts that I love. So getting a bit more granular here, so because um, 
all that all that's great but then when you went into youtube or when you went to that platform so what did you type in there would have been hundreds of different people so what made you stick to the one platform like, like the one channel sorry not platform what made you keep to that one channel rather than keep looking and keep finding people I suppose you use, so I understand how different platforms will serve different needs. So, for example, if I'm looking for a video that will tutor me on something, then I know that the place for that is um, YouTube or TikTok, I guess. TikTok I've learned some quite cool moves from. Um, but uh, So I'll go to YouTube and I'll literally type in how to put up wallpaper. And there will be exactly loads of uh, influencers and people who've loaded videos. I'll find one that's a, a reasonable amount of time um, and clear, clear instruction, clear, well put together. And I, you can usually find what you need in a, like a five-minute tutorial. I've learned some well good skills this weekend. <laughs> I try and impress my husband, but like, oh, look, I learned this on YouTube, and he's like, yeah. um, but no and it's easy to find what you need and people are so generous in the um in their sharing of their skills and then i'm impressed and i uh, have through other influencers gone and brought courses or services of people who have given away and shared their knowledge for free in the past Uh, and i i've used that then to to buy services off people because if they're giving that away for free, what are their paid services or their paid um, information must be even better. And, and that is usually the truth too. So uh, yeah, you can you can use many platforms for different things. Facebook, LinkedIn, they're not so demonstrative. They're not so, um, you wouldn't necessarily find, I guess, a wallpapering tutorial there, but, there's different platforms for different needs will serve you for your needs in different ways. Okay, great. And what about you, Gemma? Um, I'm with I'm with you. I'm, I mean, I do like stuff that helps you. Um, but my favourite part of it is like the storytelling aspect. So yeah. I like listening to people tell stories. I really like visual content um, stories, even when they're just pictures on Instagram. I'm really into photography and like street art and stuff. Um, I enjoy watching TikTok and the videos that people create. But um, for me, I, I like to watch people and listen to the story that they've got to tell. So, the, so, you, so for you then, do, do you kind of, your behaviour when you look at kind of socials, do you kind of go from channel to channel, from channel to channel to find something that kind of, that has got that story element to it? What kind of stops you to think, actually, I need to take a look, a bit more of a closer look? Um, I don't know. I mean, I just tend to, I spend a lot of time on social media. I mean, I, I don't mind Twitter and Facebook, but I prefer um, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, if I see somebody on TikTok or Instagram sharing something, then I'll look and see if they've got a YouTube channel and then I'll go on there and have a look at some of their content. Um, but I don't know. It's it's a hard one. It's, it's hard to say. I mean, if I'm looking for something specific that I want help on, then obviously I know you can go and type in whatever you want into YouTube and somebody's created a help video or you can go to Google and somebody's already asked that specific question, you know, stuff like that. And I do think it's useful, but for me, I'm like quite a people person. So I do like to listen to people's stories, their experiences, you know, 
people telling you about like when they've been on holiday or if they've been to this place or that place or even just daft stories about things that they've done you know um things that have happened to them stuff like that i really enjoy watching like storytelling videos like that so it's interesting because i think because the kind of point of this conversation is is that if you're if you're if you're already creating this type of content or you're thinking about type of creating this type of content it's obviously you want it to be watched you want it to be listened to or read so it's about trying to engage those audiences which kind of follows on what we've been talking about over the last couple of episodes so kind of listening to what makes you or makes any of us um like click or share or stop um on a particular part of a feed I think it's really interesting because we've all come up with slightly different answers and i guess for me i probably i'm less into the story side and probably more focused on the problem solving element um and then if i'm going to follow somebody i suppose it's about theme i suppose consistency so i suppose a story that that where that probably does fit in um but i'm just thinking on twitter there's a, a really good channel and I will put this in the show notes. Um, I'm just doing it off the top of my head now. Um, you mentioned photography, Gemma. There's a, a, a um, I don't know if it's a guy or a lady actually. Uh, but there's a person in uh, Tokyo, and his handle is called Tokyo Luv. So Tokyo Love, um, and he does lots of like neon picturescapes of like Tokyo at night, so down different alleyways. I mean, it looks really simple, but it's just for some reason, every single time I go through like Twitter timeline, it always stops and I'll just look through. And I've been to Tokyo a couple of times, lucky to have been there, but I always think, oh, whereabouts is that? Or can I kind of guess? Or what's it trying to get at? But it's just really interesting, um, but really kind of simple. And I'm into travel and um, in kind of all that type of, I know, kind of ex exploration, I suppose. And it is just a simple photograph, but. I don't know just the way he does it so i, I think he's just or she does it um it's just really interesting um so i'm trying to think like so what makes me kind of um kind of stop so i suppose unique content so it's been mm -hmm. different so sometimes i think a lot of people follow the crowd because somebody else has done it they get thousands of followers or they do it and they've got loads of hits it doesn't mean to say that when you do it it's going to be the same and i think that's probably one that's one criticism of each of us that go into socials when we're doing stuff and we seem to think well we'll, we'll just kind of recreate it and i think that is possible because it's it's kind of good to be on the safe side to you know make sure you're going to catch capture some people but if you really want to be truly different you just have to be you and i think that people will follow you mm -hmm. or like you because of you and i think yeah. that's the bit and that's the bit most people are a bit scared of um of doing is just being creative and um I can relate to this subject because I, I create electronic music and a lot of the stuff that I've created, I don't really ever give to people to listen to because I'm kind of, I suppose, a little bit concerned about the feedback. And what I think is good is what, what other people might think is like, that's awful, shocking, but it doesn't really matter either. Um, mm -hmm. And it's an interesting challenge for artists, as I say, not just in terms of music artists, but whatever you're doing, creating content, uh, it's music, video, um, whatever it may well be, even food. It's like sometimes you go through that process of trying to make sure it looks amazing. Sometimes you just got to get it out there and then refine it and understand what people really want. What do you reckon about that? I think it's all about like being 
different and stuff. And I think some of the campaigns that have stood out recently for me, like on social media and stuff, have been created with like user generated content. So like topically, obviously because of COVID, the World Health Organization did that safe hands campaign that yeah. appeared where loads of celebrities did the hand washing thing on TikTok. I thought that was really, really clever. Um, Starbucks did a campaign, I don't know, about a year or two ago, What's Your Name, where they did like an inclusive campaign for transgender and LGBTQ. And I thought that was really, really good. That was really, really cleverly done. Um, the Apple shot on my iPhone online campaign that they yeah. did, obviously. That worked really, really well. And I think it is about being different and having content that's different and content that stands out because like, you can't just copy somebody else. And I think that for me is nice. the type of content that stands out. It's visual content, um, things that are different. I like to see like, like that shot on my iPhone, different types of photos that people have taken. Um, you, I enjoyed watching the safe, different safe hands videos that were on there, showing different celebrities and their take on things. And some were quite like boring and just stood there and washing their hands, but some were quite engaging and had really thought about it and done something like a little bit out there and a little bit different. And I think those types of campaigns are the campaigns that you remember. You know, the I think another one would be like the Dove Beauty campaign that they did on social media with um, everybody sharing different posts um, and pictures about them with and without makeup and things like that. I thought they worked really, really well. So I think it's trying to think outside of the box. It's different types of content. It's things that uh, are not just like the typical things that people post on social media that I yeah. tend to like. What about you, Emma? Do you, what, what do you, is there any particular things that kind of like stick out in your mind when it comes to socials and advertising? I think um, what's interesting from what Gemma's and what those big brands do so well is really understand their audience and, and how they want their content to land. I do, uh, through my day job, work a lot with Not On The High Street and they are so brilliant at knowing which way their audience, what their audience had for breakfast and or everything about the um how they're going to segment that and I've, I find then that their social media is just so perfectly targeted and perfectly curated for that and I think um, when I look at my children my teenage children who, who barely watch television anymore every all advertising and everything is delivered to them as a campaign as a social media campaign and they are completely influenced by that I think myself as well I, I all my consuming, all my consumerism, if you like, is through social media. Um, and so when campaigns like the Dove campaign are um, delivered to me beautifully and completely to my values and completely um, in the right place at the right time, when I will be on social media during you know, the, the time in the day, it's delivered and it's delivered in a, in a concept that... Um, is absolutely curated for me it's successful and i think that's what we need to be considering uh, again as creators of social media how we understand our audience and how that is going to land and that it that again it has to be helpful to them is it is it helpful because it's entertaining which my teenage children just want a laugh and and it to be entertaining or is it um 
helpful contact because it's uh, resourceful, which is what I'm looking for. But understanding that market is why those big brands are so successful, I think. I think, it, it, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's, I mean, especially in terms of advertising because of the costs um, that people or companies put behind those adverts and even on socials and stuff, you know, it's not just a couple of clicks, it's, you know, hundreds if not thousands of clicks or hundreds of thousands of clicks. So there's a lot of money that um, they have to spend for the, to get those clicks, um, but also just the placement and trying to get it there as well. So it is important about understanding your customer but that should also be the same rules for all of us, for all the businesses, even just for ourselves, even for freelancers. You still need to understand your audience um, in order to have a, a presence, in order to be relevant. Um, and that yeah. might mean that some things that you think that look fantastic might just not work for you um, as an individual or for your company, but you can kind of appreciate kind of um, the skill that might have gone into creating that campaign or an ad or whatever it may well be. Um, I, I agree that I've definitely seen over the last year more of a trend towards user-generated content. Um, I mean, especially with the pandemic. And mm -hmm. my, uh, I mean, I don't watch live TV, um, but I do yeah. watch catch-up TV. So Channel 4 in the UK here, I mean, I think they were forever showing the Microsoft Teams advert and the, the coffee chain down somewhere in the southeast. I'm so fed up with seeing the damn thing. But um, the but the actual ad is good. It does really because it is their content. People talking about their experience about using a solution for them to move on in their business and connect with their audience. And I think that's like one successful campaign, but only purely just through repetition. Mm -hmm. um, they kind of like they got that there. Um, I think what's interesting is also uh, it's making sure that the promises of the campaign and the ad lead up to the experience as well. And I think that's maybe for a different podcast, but I think there is, you can throw as much money as you like and have an amazing campaign, but it is really important that when, and it sounds really obvious, but when people then go to use that product, it needs to do what you're kind of promising people um that you'll 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 kind of encourage them to think it's going to be able to do so there are you know teams that let's like use that one example is hit and miss it has been like for about six months and i was real you know i used nothing else but teams last this time last year but like this year i said i've had to go and use zoom because teams is unstable is not that user friendly so it's interesting that you know, for me as a consumer um, in the B2B sector, that, you know, potential competitor, well, two competitors that the unlikely platform that I didn't really want to use, I'm now going to probably end up using and leading on um, where Teams has still got a lot of catching up to do and it's now got to get its platform sorted out. Um, but they're spending a huge amount on marketing. So, but I don't know, it kind of for me is a bit of a danger where you're spending so much on the marketing, but I, I not saying you're not investing in the platform because you are, but the day-to-day -day experience is still not that great at the moment. And I think that has to be a consideration if you're going to be sort of spending lots of money. Um, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because you have to spend, you have to spend the money to get out there, but it's, yeah. <laughs> you don't always get back what you, what you spend, you know, it's, it's a tricky one, I think. And sometimes, I think obviously with teams and stuff, I know 
what you're saying, Darren, there, there's been a few like hiccups and things recently with the platform, but you don't anticipate that. I think when you're putting everything together, you don't anticipate that that is what's going to happen. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I think you're trying yeah. to cover all bases when you put your, your plan together and your budget and your ad spend and everything, but then you don't really know that that's coming. So you can't really, you can't really plan for that. Um, but I think like the way that I think that obviously they're doing it is the more people that say they are, the more people will be inclined to use the platform because they'll remember it. So if yeah. they are there and they are everywhere, then that's going to be the one that you think of because they're the one that's, that do the advertising, you know? So it's, I don't know, it's a, it's a tricky one, isn't it? If you want to, you, you don't want to, you don't want to waste money on your ads, but it's, I don't know, you have to, don't you? But I guess, yeah. I think nowadays, the like the the costing for our campaigns and stuff people tend not to spend and to spend that amount of money that they might have spent like years ago you know like with like the benetton campaign levi's campaign like the big nike campaigns and stuff you know people would spend millions on a campaign you know whereas now yes you might spend hundreds of thousands but it's you're not doing it is I mean obviously a lot of the bigger brands are but a lot of the smaller brands aren't doing like TV campaigns they're not doing billboard campaigns because they can't they can't afford to and they, they tend to find that they're like a lot of their audience is online you know so that's where they would rather put their money in because you can show more of a return of, on investment with like pay-per-click ads or um digital display ads on other like retargeting platforms whereas it's quite difficult to put in a like monetary value how much you're getting from spending all that money on a countrywide billboard campaign or a countrywide television campaign you know it's quite difficult to quantify that whereas marketers can prove more the value of the marketing online because you can see the visits to the website you can see how many people have clicked on the ad you can see how many people have filled in the, the contact form how many people have like followed everything through and bought everything or whether they've like dropped off in the basket you know so you can make the changes yeah. whereas once that advert is out there whether or not it's like a three-month campaign or even a year campaign that people used to do years years ago it's not the same you know because you no. really don't know of that million pound or whatever it is how many people bought the i don't know the trainers or bought the jacket or whatever because they saw that ad on the side of the bus or so yeah. on the telly do you know what i mean so it's, it's yeah. difficult because things have changed so much haven't they yeah it's yeah it, it's always been that way it's been very very difficult to measure if you're going to spend you know a quarter of a million pounds on print ads mm -hmm. in like vogue magazine or whatever it may well be like how can you prove that it's that elevated your brand awareness or kind of led to sales as well as everything all your other efforts um I, I mean, I suppose it's just all about constantly surveying your customers and making sure you understand their attitudes and making sure you're really your finger is on the pulse of the market that you understand you'd like your customers um, in and out. There's lots of kind of ways like that, but it is it's very difficult. I can see you coming in there, Emma. Do, do you want to add to that? Just, I think um, it's about how engaged an audience is and, and an engaged audience don't just want to be sold ads all the time so i yeah. think 
brands are using um, influencers who have already created and spent a long time nurturing a very engaged audience and might have 250 or 300,000 followers who are who are very invested in what they were saying. So for example, you're better off placing your trainers in front of that audience, that audience who already care and who are already open to receiving that message. But it's part of a, a broader conversation about trainers and lifestyle and, and much broader kind of things. But just being sold at all the time by big brands is just out of date. And uh mm and not attractive to a lot of people. I think some people have find it quite crude in these days and times. Um, and and clever um, companies who are still trying to sell, obviously, have changed their messaging around um, ethics and values, sustainability, diversity, and bringing in much broader um, elements to their conversation than just sales. And, and that's what successful brands are doing and it's about placing that content now in in new ways for your again your audience to find it we are probably less aware than we should be of the things that we're just getting targeted ads and campaigns that are just for us so what i'm receiving is completely different to what my teenage child is receiving um just because of the amount of uh, information that is understood about our consumption of social media. And, and companies are aware of that and able to use that and we take part of it. I'm, I'm not anti that, I'm not afraid of that. But even though five of us live in the same house under the same roof, with the, we will all be targeted and receiving different campaigns. And it's, it's important that um, that's right, that's good and that's clever. And, uh, it's about again understanding the audience so if we go back to our our people creating content they must understand where it, they want it to land they must understand uh, how they're going to get it to the right people to to use the right platforms to do it at the right time to have to do it in the right tone so it's about what you're doing and how you're going to get it to your audience i think there was um I know kind of, I didn't really pre-script this bit, but just following on kind of what you're saying about sustainability and kind of ethical approaches and um, we've talked about kind of relevancy and, and, and brand and all that type of stuff. An interesting one that kind of appeared to me um, over the last couple of months is um, Levi's because I suppose, well, I'm in my 40s. So, you know, when I was growing up being a teenager, so like Levi's was, you know, key brand and it still is. But there's another. There's a lot more competitors out there in the in the market there now. But I understand. I understood Levi's part of their kind of culture was that it was something for everybody. It was you know you still uh, they still had to have a lot of money to buy a pair of Levi jeans, and um, but it wasn't out of reach. It was just pinned beyond that kind of mark, that sixty pound, fifty sixty pound mark back in you know. Um, late 90s like 2000 um, period um so it was still you still had to have a little bit of money um and also that it was still quite trendy to wear and i'd be looking at, i'm on the mailing list and the emails and stuff like that and it's really mixed 
I, I kind of understand, I don't understand what their message is anymore. They're trying to pivot back to that message. But then when you look at their imagery, um, we need to do some video podcasts actually. Um, but when you look at the imagery, it's really mixed. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't match what they're trying to get. So for instance, there was a couple of weeks ago, they sent out like a, uh, a campaign um, and it was like for these exclusive jeans, but they were like 200 pounds. And that's like, it's just, well, like you've just said, Emma, so you need to look at your audience and it's like, well, a lot of young people are really struggling at the moment. So it's like, so who's buying these? You're, you're showing like a young teenager or like a, an adult teen, maybe even early 20s. But the, you know, certainly in the UK at the moment, that's probably one of the hardest demographics who be hit by COVID, struggling to get work. Yet you're trying to like, send, trying to market 200 pound jeans to me. Just doesn't seem to make sense to me. So it's like I I don't I feel sometimes I do think the big brands are out of touch, um, and they do need to be a bit more grounded and do need to understand where people are at. So especially if you're doing influencer marketing, it's like you you know. And again, I think there's one criticism of influencer marketing is that the influencers, if you do it right, some of the influencers have made you know a huge amount of money and they're really wealthy, but now those influencers are out of touch. With the audience because they're in they're living in a different world to their their supporters and i don't know how i feel about it or i just feel like they i think it's it's very quick for brands to have this whole ethical approach or they talk about an ethical approach but actually once they get to a certain level then they just disconnect with their audience i think it's a real problem mm -hmm. um it's uh yeah, I don't know. We need to pick it up on another podcast and maybe analyze a couple of email campaigns, I think, and see where we think, what, what can we guess what the message is from the images, you know, and then put the words on top and does that match? And a lot of people do struggle with it. Um, what they think one image says this actually can have the, you know, the opposite um, effect on some people. Um I know we're coming up to the end of the podcast, but did, is anybody, do you want to say anything about those comments at all or anything you want to kind of wrap up on the subject? I need to check out that Levi's campaign and what you're saying, Darren, because for me, my, like we were talking about before, but my, um, before the podcast, but my favourite ad campaigns ever were the Levi's campaigns. Really? Yeah, because even like years ago, like I would say probably the time frame that you mentioned, like early 90s to like, late 90s maybe early 2000s because they were telling a story you know yes. the way that the the way that they shot the videos you know um the cinematography for the videos that always had those really impressive billboards the photography was great they used like great music on do you know what i mean and yeah. those ads for me i don't think now you'll see campaigns like that anymore because no. millions and millions was like spent on putting them together and they were like global campaigns and i don't think that you can do that now because all your audiences are different i think money as well so yeah. i think everybody they, they have had to pivot so i think it's really interesting what you say about obviously things that you've seen recently because for me definitely the levi's campaigns like growing up um, and even looking back now when i look at them i think because obviously storytelling is such a big thing now they were doing that years ago do you know what i mean their, their videos like the i remember one being like shot in a pool hall and i remember one being shot in a laundrette you know and you remember the music from them when you hear it on the radio it reminds us of 
like the advert from years ago and i just like the colors you know the even the the, the photos the print the print versions of the adverts and everything and i don't know i think it's interesting that even back then all them years ago that something that's so important now is storytelling like for brands whether or not they use influencers or they use user generated content is the thing now that people are really interested in and find really really relatable but it's a different type of storytelling isn't it because you're looking yeah. for somebody that you can relate to so somebody like an influencer or a friend as opposed to i don't know like a movie star or somebody that's being put into an ad to create like an experience or a story so it's kind of gone like a whole almost like 360 hasn't it it's it's yeah. totally totally changed so i'm gonna to have to check that um those adverts out yeah forward them on to me so i can have a look because i think that's really interesting because i always think that levi's were one of the ones that really got it right yes and, and i don't want to just hit out on levi's and i think they're really awful that's not what i'm saying there's plenty of other um companies and brands that are out there who probably just not hitting it right um, at the moment and mm -hmm. it's easy for quite a scattergun especially around sponsorship so like um disney and people um it's kind of there's lots of different tie-ins and it's, it can really dilute your message and i think actually it's quite dangerous when you do that like because then who are you marketing yes you're trying to why widen your appeal but actually then you can kind of disengage your main your your, your main market because if you if you go kind of down towards like younger to, you know younger teens um and if your main audience is seems quite adult and if you've kind of got a fairly masculine or fairly fairly feminine market and then you've then suddenly seen like 12 and 13 14 year olds wearing what you thought was right for you they can actually think actually this is no longer right for me and you just lost your whole market you know over the next couple of years you know so you're gonna have to be really careful there um emma I'm going to let that you have the final brands, say. No, but big brands have no excuse. We are giving away and they have got all the money and we are giving away so much information all the time about what True. we want to watch and what we want to look at. And they have got every ability. Social media allows big brands to be so flexible and so targeted and they don't have to spend a million pounds on one billboard. They can do a million different adverts that are perfect perfect for me, perfect for you, perfect for teenagers. They have every ability to deliver content that serves their audience so much better now. They've got every flexibility to nail it every time. So to just read the room wrong isn't, isn't, isn't kind of, that's their mistake. But in terms of delivering content to the right people at the right time, it has never been easier we are just on our phone consuming all their adverts all the time and they we are giving them they know how to oh emma kraus in saltburn by the sea will be going to the supermarket about now let's make sure we send her a a, a, a diet bar advert because she's 45 and she's a mum she'll definitely be buying those fiber bars that that is all there for them my nectar card tells them so there really is no all of this information we're giving it away for free and and they'll also know ah but her teenage daughter will be coming in from school she goes on youtube at four o'clock every day right let's send her a thing you know they, they've got this yeah. ability and if i look at small little brands on instagram who are making amazing reels that are entertaining and informative and 
are working so hard um, and delivering. I'd like to shout out to um, at Come Down to the Woods. She she delivers great entertaining reels and engages with our audience all the time. At Brock Eleven Johnson, he gives away so much free information and advice. And at Helen Perry at underscore Helen underscore Perry underscore, she just um, gives so much wisdom and coaching away for free all the time. And they're nailing it with just tiny budgets. So there's there's people doing really well. Did you know that Nick Kamen died from the Levi adverts? I know. I'd seen that a couple Nick of weeks ago. Oh, that the other yeah. week, yeah. That was sad. Yeah, it's really sad. Really, really sad. It was iconic. Uh, yes. Yeah, uh, that, that's another podcast. I think that's a different podcast, isn't yeah. it? We need to go through. Like, I can't, we're way over time, people. We know like, yeah. we, we try to keep these in half an hour. But I hope you found it really interesting. I did. I think we got into a bit deeper into kind of understanding what makes us like click and share there and and i think we kind of hit it on the head there uh, a few times that is about understanding your audience it's, it's about being relevant um and it's about kind of serving up the right style of content as well what's, what keeps them engaged and it is about understanding and monitoring your analytics you know a lot of people are always throwing out content but you need to go back into changing your mm. times you know, looking at the channels that work, what you think work, and asking people, does it, you know, is it, is it working for you? What do you want to get out of this? Are you getting this out of it? Um, and there's loads of different ways you can do that, just asking people just on socials anyway, or surveys, or friends, family, your customers. So definitely make sure, a tip from today, um, so start checking out your analytics a bit more often, um, look at your competitors, not to copy them, but just to see kind of what type of content is working for them to give you some ideas about what might kind of work for you and just adapt it to suit your audience rather than just straight copy it. Um, facts. Have we got Have we got facts ready? I did do a quick um, fact. Um, I'll, I'll kick mine off. So, did you know that when making a decision, your brain has already made the decision up to 11 seconds before you act? I no, we said it was amazing. So I found that out today. Um, who wants to go next? Um, I will, I mine's quite boring. <laughs> mine's just um, as of April 2020, there's over 30 million podcasts in existence, according to Apple iTunes. Wow. So, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you're listening, yeah. If anybody hears <laughs> um, instead of a fax, can I just call? out to our audience please send us some feedback so that we can get to know you so we can make sure that we're delivering and serving in a way that is helpful for you so brilliant i think that's comment, yeah absolutely please, share, please give us that feedback all welcome um because we want to be as helpful as we can to you as our audience so and and on that it's just a little tip so what we're doing uh next wednesday after a couple of prompts remember we're gonna have like a little show meeting um, just mm -hmm. talk through some ideas for podcasts. Um, so that's what, what there's one example of what we could do and to try and find uh, some niches of topics yeah. um, to make things interesting for people to come back and listen. So yeah, I fair. hope you found this podcast useful. Um, let us know if you use any of the tips or if you've got any comments about some of the um, the ideas or the thoughts that we have today. Um, our email address and social channels are in the show notes. And like Emma said, do make sure you hit subscribe to receive the next episode automatically. Um, but we'll be back in two weeks' time. We're going to make this a fortnightly podcast, and there's talk of a, a video podcast as well. So we're trying to mm -hmm. innovate 
Um, so uh, yeah, hopefully we'll catch you on a few different platforms. But in the meantime, just keep safe and well. Take care.